no salvation outside the Catholic Church. This presentation was given by Father Isaac Mary Relier, released Saturday, May 9, 2020, and is sponsored by the Fatima Center. Ave Maria, this is Father Isaac Mary from the Fatima Center. Uh, let us begin with a prayer in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Remember, O most compassionate Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thy intercession, was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, we fly unto thee, O Virgin of Virgins, O Mother. To thee we come, before thee we stand, sinful and sorrowful. Mother of the Virgin Connie, despise our petition, but in thy mercy, hear and answer them. Lady of Fatima, pray for us. Saint Joseph, pray for us. Saint Francis and Saint Pio, pray for us. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. As I said before, we receive many questions after every talk uh, that we put up on the uh, YouTube station, and we want to try to answer as many questions. And many questions are uh, answered right away. Uh, when people write in, and but there are some that I like to cover. And so the first question I want to cover is this. It says, how do we find good priests who teach and practice uh, the truths of the Catholic Church? And it's a very good question, and it's uh, it's a very it's very sad that we there were in this certain uh, situation that we are. That it is very difficult to find priests that are truly educated and that truly know the faith. You have to understand that there's been a total breakdown in the seminaries uh, all over the world, and basically they've been teaching nothing but modernism and heresy for at least the last 40, 50 years, easy, and beyond that. And so there's very few priests that have been fortunate enough to be trained properly, and then the good ones have to study on their own. And so there are ways to find good priests. And uh, number one, thank, thanks to the Internet now, there are some very good priests that you could uh, listen to on YouTube. And, you, you, you know, you have to search them out. And I will say this, you have a much better chance, probably 99% better chance, of finding true teachings of the church of a, from a traditional priest. A priest who offers the old right, the Trinitine Mass is most likely going to be definitely not all the time, of course, but most likely more traditional. And you have to start studying your catechism. And I really, really recommend this. That it's not a recommendation. It's more than a recommendation. It's an obligation that we have an obligation to study our faith and to grow in our faith and to understand it. And there's many good resources out there that uh, maybe I could put a list up one day of some resources that you could use on the Internet and so forth. And like today, I'm going to be quoting from a great book called Fundamentals Catholic Dogma by uh, Father Ludwig Ott. And that's a book that you could get from Baronius Press, and it covers the essential teachings of the Catholic Church, which is gold. Uh, but I do want to say this as far as good priests go, that St. John Hughes says, 
that God sends you the priest that you deserve. So there is a great, great crisis in the church. The hierarchy, that means the bishops, prelates, even now the pope, all the cardinals, and right down to the priest. But you know what St. John Yoon says, that God sends you the priest that you deserve. And that is pretty scary. And this is why we, we see such an abandonment and apostasy in the church. And that's one of the signs that has to be fulfilled before the end time, before the second coming of Jesus Christ, when he comes to judge the living and the dead, when the world will end. But there has to be an apostasy. And unanimously, the fathers of the church said that apostasy will be from the top down. That means from the Pope down. And we're seeing that, unfortunately, right now with living it. And it's been going on for a while, not just the last five or six years. And so we receive the priest that we deserve. That's what St. John Hughes says. So I rec- it's, it's, we need more people to be converted to the true faith. We need more people to listen to the peace plan of Our Lady of Fatima, to pray, on, you know, to do penance. To, you know, pray for this great crisis to, because we know that once the Pope does consecrate Russia with the bishops, like it's supposed to be, once again, Russia will be converted. There'll be a reign of peace and God's going to send a great prelate. And we know from other apparitions too. And this Pope will bring a renewal in the church and, and, uh, Russia will have a great role in the evangelization, the true evangelization of the world. And that means Catholic, not Orthodox. And so the next question this person had said, uh, do the priests who are not good truly consecrate the Eucharist? Another good question. So to consecrate a valid consecration, you have to have a priest that's validly ordained. Number two, he has to use proper matter and proper form. So if you use the proper matter, that's, you know, the host and the wine, and it has... You know, with not, the host is just flour and water, nothing added to it. Uh, and, and the wine, you know, it shouldn't have sulfates. And, uh, you know, if that's proper and then the priest has to have a proper intention, then there's no doubt that there would be a valid consecration. And, uh, you know, there was doubts with the Novus Ordo for many years with the second consecration because they changed the words, our Lord's words from the many to the all. And even the Council of Trent said that was forbidden. But Pope Benedict, when he was Pope, he changed that the, the translations back to the original for the many instead of for the all. So now that doubt, anyone who had it, is is totally removed too. And then they, and then the man person went on to say, if not, where do we go? Uh, and, and that's that's a question, uh, another tough question because sometimes there's no place to go. That you're going to have to be stuck with doing your research, searching for good priests. God, in the scripture, God says uh, He will give you your heart's desire. So if you're in union, if you're praying, you're on your knees, and you seek in the truth, God will lead you to the truth, without a doubt. There's, without a doubt. And you will find the priest. You will find uh, or a video. And then once you find one video, you're going to find another. And you can find, and you know, hopefully priests. I try to do it myself. I try to quote doc, uh, documents from the church. So it's not, so you don't have to just say, oh, Father Isaac said this. But we have to back up what we teach too. 
But once you find out a priest, you can start checking it and uh, what he's teaching, and you can reference it. You say, you know, this, this priest has been teaching the truth consistently. Then you, you trust him. I never forget when I was on uh, an assignment once, these, these people were coming to the chapel where I was for around six months, and then the, the husband came up to me and said, Father, I want to speak with you. I said, sure. And he said, you know, we've been coming here six months. And I said, yeah, I noticed. He said, but I have to be honest with you. I want to uh, confess that my wife and I despised you. And when you used to preach, I used to get so upset. And I used to bring a pad and paper with me, and I would write down as much as I could get from your sermons. And I would go home and spend hours looking up everything you said, because I thought for sure you were a heretic and you were teaching uh, things that weren't approved by the Catholic Church. And he says, in the local priest where we're going, we loved his sermons. And so I started looking up what he had to say, too. And so I want to apologize, because what I found out is the local priest was teaching nothing but heresy. And everything that you preached and I tried to disprove uh, to prove that you were wrong because I found out that you were teaching the true Catholic faith. So you have to do your due diligence, you know, worship of God. We have to worship God. We have to seek God our whole heart, our whole soul. And that takes work. You know, you know, so many people when it comes to their financial life, you know, they do all the what's the best stock to invest, they'll put hours and all that, but they put no time into searching for God. He goes on to say the spiritual communions really count. And as I said many times before, St. Alphonse, the great doctor of the church, says, when you can't receive our Lord in the host, if you make a spiritual communion, you receive almost the same grace as if you were to receive our Lord. And I know, you know, he's he knows what he's talking about. He knows what he's talking about. And so... These are, and then they say, how do I celebrate first Friday and first Saturday now that we can't go to mass or confession? Some people, and you know, you you try to sanctify those days like you do the Sabbath day. If you can't go to church, you should try to do a holy hour at home. Read the 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 meeting, the the readings for the mass that day and meditate upon them. Do your rosary. Do everything you could, and leave the rest to God. Another question I had is, dear Father Isaac, I'm an epileptic. I don't drive and have been going to the Nova Soto Masses all my life. And I never knew the Latin Mass. Am I a sinner? And, okay, let's, am I a sinner? First of all, to commit grave mortal sin, we have to make distinctions, mortal sin and venial sin. And a mortal sin is, means death, your sin, you separate yourself from God, your communion with God. And a venial sin is a slight sin that does not that does not uh, uh, separate you from God. And so, to commit a great mortal sin, you have there's three uh, three conditions. You have to has to be grave matter. Number two, you have to have sufficient knowledge that you know it's grave matter, and then free will. Nobody's coercing you, forcing you to do this. So a man like this who didn't, doesn't even know there was something as a, is it a mortal sin to go to a normal sort of mass? He didn't, he grew up with that his whole life. And now he's finding out there's a Latin mass. And, and to me, that's, he's receiving a great grace from God. God's leading him. He's showing him. He sees a man seeking him. 
and he, he wants, uh, he wants God totally and he wants to worship God in a, in a fitting manner. You know, so I, I would say you didn't know better. And second of all, you couldn't drive and go. So no, I don't think you committed mortal sin. And, but the thing is now that God's enlightened you, you do the best you could to, to find a traditional mass and, and to worship God the way he wants. The next question is, uh, is a really, uh, it's a really good question. It's not even a question. It's a statement. Someone who's very angry and they wrote in and they use in big capital letters and said, please explain each time or don't ever with big capital letters say it. No salvation outside the Catholic Church. Now capital letters again, gigantic letters. That is extremely cruel, if not fully explained. Christ's love for every soul. And it's and it, it telling me, do not ever do this again. Well, you know what? Uh, that is probably the toughest doctrine that the church has. And it's the fundamental dogma that's being denied throughout the whole Catholic world and the Catholic church. Bishops don't accept it. Priests don't accept it. And, I, and it definitely seems like even Pope Francis doesn't accept this doctrine. And anyone who denies this doctrine is a heretic and you put yourself outside the church. Now, you could be a material heretic or a formal heretic. A material heretic is one who's holding the teaching contrary to the Catholic Church but doesn't know it. So you're not guilty of moral sins. But there's also a formal heretic where you know the Catholic Church teaches this and you're hearing it and you're going to hear it today because I'm going to try to explain this in the next 15, 20 minutes, which is almost impossible, but I'm going to give you some good quotes and we're going to attach in the link below a video that I did at a conference in Houston. It was called uh, Forgotten Dogma, No Salvation Outside the Church. It's approximately almost an hour long, and I go into deep detail. And so I recommend that you listen to that talk and to get to get a deeper understanding that when I teach this or when I mention it in, in a talk, I can't just explain it every time, and I'm not doing it to be mean. I'm not doing it to, to discourage people. But when you preach the truth, you know, that adult, when a priest preaches the truth, God's going to use that priest to convict people and to, and to help them bring them to the truth. And so many times I have preached this and people have gone literally crazy. I've been spit on because I preached this doctrine and praise God to suffer for Jesus Christ and to suffer humiliations from him. But we preach this because it's true charity. And priests that don't preach this, and uh, are not charitable. Priests that are afraid to preach this truth, they don't even believe it, are not charitable. Because charity, if you really love someone, another soul, you will that they get to heaven. And so this is such an important doctrine that has to be preached. So every time I mention it, I can't get into uh, the whole teaching. But it's a dogma. And St. Thomas Aquinas says, if you reject one dogma, of the Catholic Church, you reject them all. And so, let's just go right to the scriptures right away in, in the Gospel of Matthew 28, right at, after the uh, uh, resurrection, right before our Lord's going to ascend into heaven. Matthew chapter 28, 
verse 16 to 20, and I read from that. And the eleven disciples went into Galilee unto the mountain, where Jesus had appointed them. And seeing them, they adored, but some doubted. And Jesus come and spoke to them, saying, All power is given to me in heaven and in earth. Go and therefore teach ye all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to do to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you all days, even to the consummation of the world. It's the end of the quote. I mean, our Lord is very clear that the first command is to spread the gospel, that's what Christ taught the apostles, throughout to all nations, not to some nations. So Christ came to save all human beings, not just some. And he said it's it's a command. So it's a, it's a it's a sin of omission when we don't do this. That we that when we don't teach we don't teach everything that Christ taught. It's not an option. We have to teach the full gospel. He says once again, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I commanded you. It's a command, it's not an option, it's not a suggestion. And so you never hear about this doctrine. And it's almost like the church, and it is not almost, it is, they're embarrassed of this doctrine. Well, you can't separate Christ from his church. And I always tell people, you know, there's only one God, St. Paul says, one baptism, one faith. How can there be more than one faith? It doesn't make sense because God is omnipotent, omniscient. He knows all things. God is all good and all loving. You cannot therefore deceive nor be deceived. So how can Christ... People say, oh, we're all in union with uh, Catholics, Protestants, and all. This is nonsense. Why? Because there's over 70,000 Protestant denominations. It means the Protestant means what? To protest. What are they protesting? The true teachings of the Catholic faith. Any truth they have, they receive from us, from the true church, from Christ himself. And so... How can he support all these religions when they all contradict each other? Do Protestants believe in the body and blood of Jesus Christ and transubstantiation at Mass when the priest takes their host, which is bread and the wine, and he says the sacred words, this is my body, this is my blood. At that moment, transubstantiation, a change in the substance, it's really Christ, body, soul, divinity. They don't believe that. They don't believe that the Blessed Virgin Mary is truly the mother of God that she's the mediatrix of all graces, that she is immaculate, that she, they don't believe in her perpetual virginity. So how can we say God supports all of us because he would be a deceiver, a liar? This is nonsense. There could only be one God, one faith, and one true religion. And so outside the church, there is no salvation. See, I want to be clear. The church has always taught from day one that all souls, once they reach the age of reason, which is seven normally, they receive all the graces they need to save their soul. God is not a cruel God. And so God gives everyone the graces they need to save them. So if the, the dogma is true, no salvation outside the church, and it's true, 
and he gives all souls all the graces they need to be converted, uh, to, to save their soul, that means he's going to give them the grace to see that the Catholic Church is the true church because they couldn't save their soul. If you, the church is always seen as like, uh, they use the image of Noah's Ark when the flood came. If you were not in Noah's Ark, you drowned. And the church is always represented. No ark is a, is a type of the church. And if you're not in the ark, in the boat, if you're not in the Catholic church, you cannot be saved. It's as simple as that. And, and so we have an obligation to go preach this doctrine in real charity. And God will show these people that they're in heaven and we're here to help them. And that's why he wants you Use us to, to save other souls. That's why he gave the command, go to all nations. He commanded it. He commanded it. Go to all nations and preach this doctrine. And so we see that, well, I had a professor, my moral professor, who was a really saintly man, Father Alphonse Sutton. And he was a prod, he was brought up Baptist. And when it came time at 16 years old to choose the religion that he wanted, his parents were devastated because his pastor for many years, a Baptist pastor, was preaching St. Alphonse Liguori. He used all St. Alphonse's books. And he, because of that, my professor, my moral professor, Father Alphonse, he came to realize that the Catholic Church was the true church. And he ended up coming into the Catholic Church. And as a, a, a priest for many years, he was a diocesan priest for many years in the South, he converted hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of Protestants. And he would take, he would interview them too. And he would say to them, how long, did, when did you start to doubt your faith? And every one of them said, I think he converted over 3,000, he told us, uh, that God used him to convert the 3,000. He said, every one of them said they doubted their faith from, the, from, from when they were young. He said, many of us just didn't make sense that once you profess Jesus Christ as your Savior, no matter what you do, you're going to be saved. He just, so anyway, I'm trying to say, all these people said they were convicted. They were convicted of, uh, of this. So, outside the church, there is no salvation, is a doctrine of the Catholic faith that was taught by Jesus Christ to his apostles, preached by the fathers, defined by popes and councils, and piously believed by the faithful in every age of the church. So Pope Innocent in the third, in the fourth Lateran Council, Pope Innocent III said this, there is but one universal church of the faithful outside which no one at all is saved. This is a council, an ecumenical council. These are they feed statements. In the bull by Pope Boniface VIII, Unum Santam, in 1302. That quote, previous quote, was from 1215. So 1302, Pope Boniface VIII, in the bull, Unum Santam, says this. We declare, we say, define and pronounce that it is absolutely necessary for the salvation of every human creature to be subject to the Roman pontiff. It goes on. The most holy Roman uh, now, another quote I'm going to quote right now is from Pope Eugene IV in the Bull Cantate Domino in 1441. This is a very hard-hidden doctrine. No Catholic can deny this. The most holy Roman church firmly believes, professes, and preaches that none of those existing outside the Catholic church 
not only pagans, but also Jews and heretics and schismatics can have a share in life eternal. But that they will go into the eternal fires which was prepared for the devils and his angels. Unless before that they are joined with her. And that so important is the unity of this ecclesiastical body that only those remaining within the unity can profit by the sacraments of the church unto salvation. And they alone can receive an eternal recompense for their fast, their almsgiving, their work, other works of Christian parties, and the duties of a Christian soldier. No one left his almsgiving be as great as it, no one, let his almsgiving be as great as it may, no one, even if he pour out his blood for the name of Christ, can be saved unless he remain within the bosom and the unity of the Catholic Church. Heavy words, my friends, but all true. And then we go, I'm going to take a couple of quotes real quick from the fathers of the church. Fathers of the church are saints that lived within the first 300 years. St. Cyprian, he died in 200, 200, uh, 258 A.D. He who turned his back on the church of Christ shall not come to the rewards of Christ. He is an alien, a worldling, an enemy. You cannot have God for your father if you have not the church for your mother. Our Lord warns us when he says, He that is not with me is against me, and he that gainsayeth gaineth not me scattered, gathereth not me scattered. Whoever breaks the peace and harmony of Christ acts against Christ. Whoever gathers elsewhere than in the church scatters the church of Christ. And it's serious. Remember in the Gospel of John, it says in Gospel of John chapter 10, verse 11 to 15, our Lord says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep, but the hireling and he that is not the shepherd, whose own sheep are not seeth the wolf coming and leaveth the sheep and fleeth. And the wolf catcheth and scattereth the sheep, and the hireling fleeth because he is a hireling. And he had no care for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know mine, and mine know me, and the Father knoweth me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for my sheep. Our Lord himself said there's only one flock, one church. There's those who are outside. He says, I have other sheep that are outside the fold. We must bring them back in. He's talking about his church. St. Augustine says this. St. Augustine died in 430 AD. He says, no man can find salvation except in the Catholic Church. Outside the Catholic Church, no one can have ever." One can have everything except salvation. One can sing Alleluia. One can answer Amen. One can have faith in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost and preach it too. But never can one find salvation except in the Catholic Church, my friends. In the Catholic Church. So who are members of the Catholic Church? In Father Ludwig Ott's book, Fundamental of, of, of the Catholic Faith, he tells us that the members of the church are those who have validly received the sacrament of baptism and who have not separated from the unity of the confession of the faith and from the unity of the lawful communion of the church. And so those that are legitimately baptized in the church, those that are not schismatic, those that are not heretics, 
are inside the church. So, my friends, the question is, can someone save their soul who hasn't physically entered the church, say a Baptist, a Buddhist, or, or a Jew? And the answer, the church says, yes, they can. And it's and there's what we call baptism of blood and baptism of desire. If you go to the video that we're going to link to on my talk on No Salvation, it's an hour long almost, and I cover this in deep detail. And we know that. So if a person, a Protestant, is on their deathbed and they're seeking God and they unite their will totally with God's will, they can save their soul. They can be united with a baptism of desire to the bosom of the church. I can't explain this. We don't have enough time now in deeper detail, but it is possible. But if you die separated from the church and you have no desire to be united to the church, if you reject the Catholic church, you cannot save your soul. And so please listen to this video. And like I said, this is why it's so important that we evangelize the world. This is why our Lord sent his mother to Fatima. Many people have been converted by reading the story of Fatima. She proved that she was the mother of heaven by doing that great miracle, okay, the miracle of the sun. Witnessed by 75,000 people where the sun started spinning, turning all colors, and it started to come down. Down from the from the from the sky, and they thought the world's going to end. And there was they were deep, neat uh, mud was over over their ankles. Many people they were drenched, and when the sun went up, they were all dry. There was no more mud, and many people were healed. People that were blind, and this is all documented. So let us spread the true teaching that there is no salvation outside the church. And if you really love your brethren, if you really love other people, you want to help them because, once again, God will convict them, God will show them that they're in error, and he will bring them into the true church. And we're there to help people, we're there to show them, to talk with them, to pray with them. And this is why those of us that, too, you have family outside the church, you have to pray and do penance because we, there's a price that has to be paid. Even Christ paid for the salvation of souls. But it says we must make up for the sufferings of Christ. So we too must suffer with our head. We must suffer with Christ. We must bring the gospel to the whole world. Our Lord said he was, he laid down his life for his sheep. We must lay down our lives for the other, uh, uh, those outside the church. And very few people are witnessing to this truth in the Catholic Church today, witnessing to the world. And I'll leave you this. This is why the devil is attacking Primarily the Catholic Church. Why? Because he knows that the Church of Christ has to be persecuted like Christ was. The Church of Christ has to be mocked, ridiculed like Christ was because you can't separate Christ from his church. And as the head, what the head goes through, the body must go through. So I pray for everyone. I thank you all to, for supporting the Fatima Center. Please continue to support us. We appreciate that. And please check that link below. Listen to this talk that I gave on no salvation outside the forgotten dogma. Please bow your head for God's blessing. Pax et benedictio Dei, omnipotente, Patria, Fidei, Spiritus, Andes, Shemus, Supervos, Menea, Semper, Amen.
This presentation has been brought to you by the Fatima Center. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved. Our prayer is that this presentation may enlighten your faith, strengthen your hope, and inflame your charity. Please share it far and wide. For more resources regarding the message of Fatima and the Catholic faith, we invite you to visit our website, www.fatima.org. St. Cyprian of Carthage, pray for us. Our Lady of Fatima, pray for us.